What's up, everybody? My name is Athena, and you're here to listen to Vanished in the Valley. Today, we are going to talk about a high-ranking CIA whistleblower who claims the CIA bribed their own analysts to cover up the Kabobo lab leak. We have some other interesting Kabobo news coming out of New Zealand. We are also going to talk about the house that fucking exploded a few days ago in Arlington. Maybe some side rants, you know how it goes, we'll see what's up. So, sit back, get ready for this. Let's start with this CIA whistleblower. I'm getting this information from oversight.house.gov. The article basically starts out stating that staff on the Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic and Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence have heard testimony from a whistleblower alleging that the CIA offered six analysts significant monetary incentives to change their position on COVID-19's origin. Hmm. According to the staff on this Corona subcommittee, they're stating the whistleblower, who presents as a highly credible senior-level CIA officer, alleges that of the seven members assigned to the CIA team tasked with analyzing COVID-19 origins, six officers concluded the virus likely originated from a lab in Wuhan, China. The CIA then, however, allegedly offered financial incentive to six of the experts involved in the investigation to change their conclusion in favor of a zoonotic origin. Zoonotic just means it's a disease transferable from animal to human. And just a little side note, you guys. This press release was actually published September 12th, 2023. So months ago. Did you hear about any of this on the fucking mainstream media or any of these fucking radio talk shows or other podcasts? I mean, I'm sure some people heard about it, but what I'm talking about is specifically legacy media or media that has a very far reach. Fuck no, they're not going to talk about it because they're afraid of their sponsor dollars going away. So according to this whistleblower, at the end of its review, six of the seven members of the team believed the intelligence and science were sufficient to make a low-confidence assessment that COVID-19 originated from the lab in Wuhan, China. The seventh member, though, (laughs) who also happened to be the most senior, was the lone officer to believe COVID-19 originated through zoonosis. The whistleblower further contends that to come to the eventual public determination of uncertainty, the other six members were given significant monetary incentive to change their position. Like I said, this is back in fucking September. Check this part out. Chairman Winstrup and Chairman Turner are requesting that all documents and communications related to the CIA's COVID-19 origins review be made immediately available to the committees. The chairman additionally requested that the former CIA COO Andrew Magritis appear for a voluntary transcribed interview on September 26, 2023. So I, I haven't heard about any of that happening. I haven't seen any of these fucking transcribed interviews. And I probably won't see it. And even if it is out there somewhere buried in the CIA vault, it doesn't even matter because no one's really going to hear about it. The fucking legacy-owned media, they're not going to talk about it. So yeah, it's just some more clown world bullshit in the clown world. What I want to know is, how much does one have to pay to sell your soul? 
to lie to your fellow Americans. I would love to know how much money they got for fucking lying and covering this shit up. I highly doubt we'll ever find this out in our lifetimes, but a girl can want. In other corrupt ass Kabobo news, both the House and the Senate voted to defund Echo Health. And I'm sure you guys have heard of Echo Health. These are the motherfuckers that funded the Wuhan lab to come up with the Kabobo virus. Those votes were bipartisan. But now, all of a sudden, unnamed people in the National Defense Authorization Act Conference Committee have decided to overturn the will of Congress and to continue to fund Echo Health. What in the actual fuck? So apparently our elected officials' rulings don't mean dick. If the deep state or the fucking military-industrial complex wants something done, they're just going to overrule Congress. That is not how the United States is supposed to run. So yes, this is the same Echo Health Alliance that Fauci diverted funds to after there was supposed to be a ban on all type of gain-of-function research. But the little bridge troll found a way around that and funded Echo Health Alliance, who then in turn funded the Wuhan lab. He lied under oath in Congress on TV for anyone to fucking see, but nothing's happened to him at all. Not one fucking consequence for killing millions of people people lying to Congress, lying to the fucking American public, all of that bullshit. 100% our country has been captured and it'll continue to go down the fucking tubes until people say no more, no more fucking corruption, no more deep state. We're, we are a republic. We need to vote on this kind of shit. And when our Congress makes a declaration and the National Defense Authorization Act can just fucking overrule elected members of Congress. How the fuck, how does this even happen, you guys? Please explain it to me. While we are on the subject of Kabobo, check this shit out. New Zealand vaccine data whistleblower could face up to seven years in fucking prison. No shit. Apparently, this man was an administrator who had been overseeing the New Zealand COVID vaccine database, and he kind of saw this information and was like, fuck this, I'm going to warn my fellow citizens. The whistleblower's name is Barry Young, and he basically disclosed that the data had shown a concerning proportion of individuals had died shortly after receiving a Kabobo jab. Days following his disclosure, journalist Liz Gunn reported that Young had been raided by the police. And now, according to James Freeman, the whistleblower could face up to seven years in prison. So let's learn a little bit about Barry. Barry Young worked as a data administrator on a project at the Tiwatu Ora Public Health Agency, established by the New Zealand government to implement a vaccine payment system. He claimed that the first batch, consisting of 711 vaccinated individuals, 152, which is 21%, died soon after. Further analysis by Young extended to those administering the shots and the recipients, revealing alarming figures. One vaccinator administered 621 shots to individuals, and of those, 104 or 17% died. And just a little side note here, most of these jabs were of the Pfizer variety. Barry Young said, quote, this should never happen. The percentage who die from what would be a normal vaccination administration would be 0.75%. Now, apparently, Barry had helped build the system he had been working on, and therefore he had access to vaccine-related data. Once he saw this crazy high number of his fellow citizens dying, he decided he had to share this data with the world. Barry's house was raided December 3rd. 
And he wasn't the only person that was raided and had their fucking house surrounded. Another individual who had corroborated his findings also had their house surrounded by the fucking cops. And now check this part out. Barry was charged with accessing a computer system for, quote, dishonest purposes, which carries a maximum penalty of seven years in prison. The Gestapo, I mean the New Zealand police, said they would be opposing his release on bail because of the risk he could continue to spread misinformation. Like, get the fuck out of here. I just remember that fucking shemale president or prime minister, I don't even know what the fuck they call it there, Jacinda Ardern. This bitch was fucking next level. She was attacking free speech. She was forcing all the New Zealand citizens to get this fucking jab. And I don't know, I found something pretty interesting today. And I'm having a hard time finding sources for it. So I can't say with 100% certainty that it's, you know, on point completely. But I thought it was interesting enough. I'm going to tell you motherfuckers about it. Apparently, 11,000 politicians and elites received an exemption for the COVID vaccination. And this is coming from uncut-news.ch. What this article is saying is an open government act, which is basically like a FOIA request, revealed that 11,000 politicians and members of the elite had been exempt from the vaccination. And that's according to Michael Gray Griffin in an interview with Paul Oosterhaus and Liz Gunn, leader of the New Zealand Loyal Party. I also kind of remember, now this didn't happen in New Zealand, but this happened in Portugal and Spain, where a bunch of politicians and so-called elites were bribing doctors to give them COVID passes, like the fucking thing that, you know, all the fucking NPCs of the world said wasn't going to happen, basically a vaccine passport. They were bribing doctors and hospitals to give them these documents, even though they did not get the vaccine. Well, New Zealand's like, hold my beer. We're just going to fucking exempt all of these people so they don't have to. But the average citizen, come on, roll up your sleeve, get injected with the fucking bioweapon. And it didn't just happen in New Zealand. I know the Congress in the United States were exempt from getting this fucking vaccination. But, you know, everyone else was threatened with losing their livelihood if they didn't get the jab. So it's just more clown world bullshit. I'm so sick of fucking Kabobo. Can it just go away already? I mean, even if it goes away, they already have like the next fucking PSYOP pandemic out there. I'm sure you've all heard about this new crazy pneumonia originating in China. Yeah, it's just like Kabobo part two and something to make the NPCs of the world fucking put another mask on, wear some gloves, do all this in a car while you're driving alone. So yeah, next level bullshit, you guys. Speaking of next level bullshit, there's a study that showed 17 million deaths after the COVID vaccine rollout. And it's censored. No one wants to fucking talk about it. Fact checkers are all over it, fucking twisting words and basically, like I just said, censoring the fuck out of it. It's extremely, if you go to Google, you can't even really find that shit. You have to have like a link to go to the actual study. The study was done by Dr. Dennis Rancourt, Maureen Bowden, Joseph Hickey, and Jeremy Mercier. It was published September 17th, 2023. These doctors studied 
17 countries across four continents in Latin America and the equatorial region which provided them with a representative sample of the world. Dr. Rancourt said, quote, We calculate the toxicity of the vaccine for all ages, given the number of doses given worldwide to conclude that 17 million people would have been killed by this vaccine. These doctors found that in the 17 countries, there is no evidence in all-cause mortality by the time the data that there have been any beneficial effects from the COVID-19 vaccines, and there is no association in time between COVID-19 vaccination and any proportionate reduction in all-cause mortality. In fact, the opposite occurs. In all 17 countries, higher numbers are seen in all-cause mortality when the COVID-19 vaccines are deployed and administered. Nine of the 17 countries have no detectable excess all-cause mortality in the period of approximately one year after the quote-unquote pandemic was declared on March 11th, 2020 by the World Health Organization. It's not until these fucking vaccines are forced upon all these populations that we start to see a rise in all-cause mortality. And I'm talking about Australia, Malaysia, New Zealand, Paraguay, the Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, Uruguay, hell of countries, you guys. According to these people's research, there were unprecedented peaks in all-cause mortality that occurred in the summer of 2022 in the Southern Hemisphere and the equatorial latitude countries. These peaks correlate with or immediately preceded by rapid COVID-19 vaccination booster dose rollouts. And that's the third and fourth dose. The researchers say that this phenomena is present in every case with sufficient mortality data. According to the doctors who concluded the research, quote, is highly unlikely that the transitions to regimes of high all-cause mortality coincident with the rollout and sustained administration of COVID-19 vaccinations in all 17 Southern Hemisphere and equatorial latitude countries could be due to any other cause than the vaccines. So I'm sure you guys can see why this shit is censored, why the fact checkers are all over it. They're all owned by Big Pharma. They're all owned by these fuckwits in our government, and they don't want their profits being diminished in any way. The researchers found that COVID had no excess all-cause mortality in the majority of these countries studied during the pandemic, you guys. And this crazy rise in all-cause mortality only happened after the Kabobo jab rollouts. And for each booster that was administered, you see a rise in the all-cause mortality. So here we are, fucking 2023 the NBCs of the world are still begging for fucking booster number 16 or whatever the fuck they're on at this point. And they wonder why they're getting sick all the time. I don't know if they've uh, paid attention at all, but turbo cancers are on the rise, like straight up deadly cancers that kill people very quickly. And there's a heavy association with these turbo cancers and the more boosters you get. So I don't know, is this some Darwin shit going on? It possibly could be Darwin Awards for the motherfuckers that are on booster number 16 and still can't see the truth. It's change of subject time. I'm sure a lot of you guys saw that video last week that shows the police SWAT team surrounding a house in Arlington, Virginia. And if you go online and read like the mainstream media news articles, they just give you some very basic bullshit. 
They say the resident is presumed dead, and that resident is James U, 56, and they believe he died when the home exploded as the police were preparing to raid the residence. So there's just a lot more to the fucking story, and you're probably not going to see this in any fucking New York Times or any of these other ridiculous legacy media outlets. And at this point, little side note, the authorities haven't explained what the fuck happened, why the house exploded, and who the fuck is this guy and why were they raiding him? So don't worry. Your girl here, Athena, has gone down the rabbit hole and I found some amazing information and I will actually link this whole thread in the show notes because I'm not the one that fucking found this information out. I just found the guy that found the information out and it's pretty fucking interesting. So we're just going to go step by step. The house is owned by a man named James Wu. Who is James Yu's father? James Yu's father, Ki Ho Yu, is from the American University, which uh, CIA has some crazy ties to that whole American University. Check it out. Actually wrote a plan to retake North Korea with bio agents for the president of South Korea. Who is James Yu's mother? His mother is Ann Shin Yu, U.S. State Department, CIA, Voice of America lead broadcaster for South Korean division of U.S. propaganda mouthpiece, Voice of America. Who is James Yu, you guys? He had a long career, but most notable was a job he had as, quote, head of global information and physical security at Global Crossing. All right, so what the fuck is Global Crossing? It was an espionage central and international spying apparatus that is actually still in operation today. So who funded Global Crossing? Gary Winnick did in 1997. Now check out this little fucking coinkydink. Is Gary Winnick still alive? No. He died November 4th, exactly one month before James Yu's house exploded. So let's look into Global Crossing a little bit more. Who sat on the board of Global Crossing? Members of the board include Secretary of Defense William Cohen, CEO of J.P. Morgan Private Bank Elena Lago Masino, and Assistant Secretary of Defense Richard Pearl Ilna, was also Gary Winnick's, quote, personal banker. What business was Global Crossing involved in? Well, they managed intercontinental fiber optic lines. A lot of people are saying that Global Crossing was a front company and a global spy network that focused on tapping intercontinental fiber optic lines and intercepting communications, both domestic and international, between the U.S., Western Europe, Japan, and Singapore. In 2003, James Wu facilitated the transfer of ownership of a massive global wiretapping operation. So check this shit out. Singapore Technologies Telemedia ultimately purchased Global Crossing in December 2003. Singapore Technologies Telemedia, STT, holds a 71% share of the company, despite the conclusion of a free trade agreement between Singapore and the United States. STT also faced some opposition, in part because STT is partially owned by the Singaporean government. The FBI, CIA, and Pentagon had objected to STT's sale, arguing that the firm was too close to the Singaporean government. And that's according to BBC News, October 9th, 2003. 
I guess the deal was finally allowed to go through after the president of the FBI and Deutsche Telekom came to an agreement that assured the FBI will still be able to conduct wiretaps after the acquisition. So you see where this is going here? This fool is all wrapped up in the spook bullshit, wiretapping motherfuckers, and suddenly his fucking house explodes as the SWAT team is surrounding it. Doesn't seem suspect at all. No way. This is where Eric Holder comes into the picture. Apparently, he was key to this deal, and he made millions of dollars doing it. And just a big old coinkydink, five years later, he would go on to become attorney general, picked by President Obama. I mean, Obama. Global Crossing is the owner of the Atlantic Crossing submarine fiber optic cable system, which is under construction. And there are plans for them to add three new undersea cables connecting the United States with the Caribbean, Panama, and Japan. Global Crossing announced plans to build the Mid-Atlantic Crossing, an undersea fiber optic cable that will connect the Atlantic one with other fucking countries. Basically, they own a bunch of different fiber optic cables that are connecting the United States and different countries around the world. If you look deep into it, there are connections all over the fucking world. We have Eric Holder. We have fucking Kim Dae-jong, who is the president of South Korea. And just a little side note, I'm talking about this fucking South Korean president for a reason. It's kind of a known fact that the CIA put this motherfucker in power. Let's just go on a trip down memory lane. February 1985... Kim Dae-jong returned to his homeland accompanied by 37 supporters, including Patricia M. Darian, former U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for Human Rights, two congressmen, and a number of other prominent Americans. Upon his arrival in Seoul, many of his traveling companions were roughed up by the KCIA, while Kim and his wife were immediately put under house arrest. Following the ruling government's drubbing the 1985 South Korean legislative election, Chun lifted the ban on 14 opposition politicians, but not for Kim Dae-jong. So in 1987, he had been released from house arrest. So Kim and the other leading opposition figure, Kim Young-sam, initially promised to unite behind one candidate. However, disagreements between the two men over who was the better person to win made Kim Dae-jung split from the main opposition party, the Reunification Democratic Party, and formed the Peace Democratic Party to run for the presidency. As a result, the opposition vote was split. In July 2019, according to American CIA documents obtained by Hong Kong's South China Morning Post through a Freedom of Information request, the military-backed ruling forces drew up detailed plans to fix the election result in case Ra lost. The documents suggest that the government was prepared to crack down hard on any unrest following the vote. So we have fucking black and white CIA documents that basically show they propped this motherfucker up and he won the presidency. A lot of people think that these two deaths were actually a hit, murder, assassination, whatever the fuck you want to call it, and a very public hit. And the second to strike members of the global crossing within a month. It involves the highest level of government and industry. 
Global Crossings Board had William Cohen, who's a Secretary of Defense under Bill Clinton, Elena Lago Mazina, CEO of JP Morgan, Richard Pearl, Assistant Secretary of Defense under Reagan. Richard Pearl was also the chairman of the Defense Policy Board, which directly advised Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld before and after September 11th. Why? Why is everybody getting fucking assassinated that are associated with Global Crossing? What people are saying is it means the people responsible for building the cyber infrastructure in Iraq post-invasion and the infrastructure whose point was to provide the U.S. intel community with total backdoor access into not just Iraqi digital communication, but all of Europe's are now being killed off one by one. So I'm sure you're not going to hear about this shit on fucking MSN or CNN. They don't give a fuck. Their masters won't let them say anything that's out of line. And you know them. They got to toe the line. It's not just like some random fucking guy who SWAT decided to raid and then the house blew up. Fuck no. There's a lot more going on under the surface, which is usually the case in the clown world we all live in right now. And while we're talking about the clown world, I think I told you guys about a judge ordering the FBI to release 20,000 documents they have on Seth Rich. That order came down on the 28th, so I'm expecting the release to happen around the 12th or the 13th. In anticipation for that, I decided to go on the FBI vault and see what you could find if you type in Seth Rich. Well, there are a shit ton of documents, but the problem is they are 99% redacted. You can't even fucking read shit on it. Like you see the, it, yo, but just like total gibberish. So I'm assuming... I don't know for sure that this FOIA request and this order from the judge in Texas is relating to these documents that are there but are completely redacted. Maybe they're totally new documents. I don't fucking know. But I'm very excited to see all this shit next week. And of course, we will be talking about it. Because like I've said 455 fucking times, Seth Rich used to work for the DNC. He is the one that leaked thousands of emails to WikiLeaks and started the whole Pizzagate quote-unquote conspiracy theory. He was just uh, randomly robbed and murdered one night, and his wallet wasn't taken, valuables weren't taken, a fucking thumb drive was taken. And the FBI was all over that shit. If you look at the documents, they talk about this guy's murder, and it makes you wonder why. Why the fuck are the FBI so concerned about some dude who supposedly just got robbed and murdered? That's definitely not normal. The FBI were paying attention, there are internal emails about it, so it goes pretty fucking deep. Seth Rich was definitely fucking murdered. It wasn't a fucking robbery, though. This was a hit, probably put out by the FBI, maybe the Clintons. I don't fucking know. Everything is so corrupt, it's hard to see where one shithead starts and the other shithead ends. So, in my opinion, they're all fucking rotten from the core. Moving on to other clown world news, check this shit out. This is an article found in Newsweek. The title reads, Migrants given $5,000 gift cards after crossing the border in Arizona. And that's according to Mark Lamb, who's sheriff of Penal County, Arizona. And apparently this guy is like fucking running for Senate or some bullshit like that. This is what he's saying. And this is a video that he made. So this is not fucking just like mainstream media ad-libbing. This is a direct quote. He said, quote, when these folks come across and they're processed, they're being given a cell phone, a plane ticket to anywhere they want to go in this country, and a $5,000 Visa gift card. 
Newsweek decided to like check into this shit and they stated that a U.S. Customs and Border Protection agent told Newsweek via phone on Thursday that no gift cards came from the agency. Newsweek reached out for comment to the Department of Homeland Security and the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement via email on Thursday. So, of course, fucking mainstream media is like, no, this is like totally fact-checked. It's not true. But according to the Epoch Times, Lamb heard about the supposed gift card exchange from, quote, a close source at the border, telling the outlet that he was absolutely in shock when these agents came forward to him with this news. What Lamb is saying is the government can make the claim that they aren't giving these fucking illegal border jumpers the $5,000 gift cards. But the way it's going down is the government is giving these gift cards to non-government institutions like a charity. And then the charities cash out, you know, $5,000 on a Visa gift card and give it to the illegals. Um, Last time I checked, most Americans are fucking having a hard time heating their house, buying food and paying mortgages. But let's drop $5,000 on these fucking border jumpers. That's what I'm talking about. Like, is... It's not even a question. I know people are trying to destroy the United States from within. Whether that be the deep state, fucking President Brandon, your guess is as good as mine. It's probably a little bit of all of them. So yeah, just uh, when you fucking go to grocery shop this week, think about the $5,000 that the illegals are getting when you fucking are stressing on how you're going to buy fucking food for your family next week and presents and heat your fucking house and pay your mortgage. It's absolutely insane. All right, you guys, that is about it for this week. But before I get out of here, I have to say what's up to our top three downloading states. We have a new state in number one, which is Utah. That's what's up, Utah. Thank you for listening. California is in second and Texas is in third. Thank you all so much for checking this podcast out each week. If you have any rabbit holes I should check out, email me at vanishedinthevalley at gmail.com. As far as our international downloaders, we have the UK back in first, Canada, Australia, and Mexico in fourth. Thank you guys. That's what's up. Come over to my Reddit sub, which is r slash vanished in the valley, and shoot me a line. Let me know what's going on. But until next week, be aware. And don't forget your pepper spray. Cha-chao.